Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Okay, we're going to read from 1 Samuel 16. Buckle up. Okay, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. We jump to verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Is that not the most encouraging thing in the world? But uh, then Jesse called um, Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse had Shammah pass by. Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. I would hate to be one of Jesse's sons and hear that. Like, oh, sick. Um, so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest. Shout out to the youngest. Jesse answered, he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him, had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Um, I, don't, I kind of don't have points uh, for this word tonight, but I have chapters because I believe God, in, what, in my experience, He works when He's sending in chapters. And so the first chapter that this sort of worked out for me is my plan failed. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Um, my mum, my amazing mum's here tonight. She's the smartest, most beautiful, amazing, best friend woman I know. Um, but she's a pro at planning. She's a master at it. And as a little girl, I'm not sure if this was exclusively limited to myself because I was just a mess as a child, Um, but she would sit me down and she would be like, okay, Fallon, let's plan out the term. Okay, Fallon, let's plan out the year. And she would go through every goal, everything I needed to achieve. Um, And to be completely honest, I hated it. (laughs) I thought it was a waste of my time. I did not stick to the plans. Um, It was too much information overload and out of all of my mother-daughter bonding activities, that was not my favourite. But she's a big advocate for the one-year plan, the five-year plan, the 10-year plan. And I only thought that she was the exclusive type of mother that was weird like this, that liked to plan. And I'm growing up and realising that I actually sit in the minority of people that are just so not that. I didn't realise how adults just have it so much more together than I'm realising. And um, and so I'm growing up and about 10 to 12 months ago, I have some things, my career, there's some really exciting things happening, some really exciting opportunities. And I'm like, this is probably a good time to start planning. Probably a good time to like kind of start to try to have it together. So I put together my plan for my career. I put together my plan for this opportunity. I put together this plan uh, for my personal world and I wrap it into one. 
and it's going really, really well. And I'm like, this is so easy. Why have I not been doing this? I get it now. Oh, but this is why I'm a bit of a mess. Um, and as time goes on, two months later, like things just sort of start to dislocate. And there's a bit of like, there's some cracks in my plan. I'm like, oh, no one told me about this. I planned. This was meant to work out. And so I'm trying to slap band-aids all over my plan, being like, okay, well, if I just readjust like this, then I, it would all work out and I'll be sweet. Um, and as time goes on, this is falling apart. This part of the plan, uh, career, like the job is just turning a bit sour. And I'm like, oh, this is not great. And I'm kind of holding all of these like broken pieces of my plan. But there's one bit of the plan, this really exciting opportunity, which I'm like, I can rework this and this can just be like, this is like the last chance kind of thing. And so I'm holding it all and, and I'm doing this. I, I, I decide one day before everything was meant to work out, um, the opportunity, the door was just meant to fling open and just like a Disney princess I was gonna walk through. The birds would be singing and everything would be great. And I go to spend time with God um, in my favourite spot in Kernel and I'm sitting down and uh, I'm a bit emotional because everything else has failed. I'm like, but God, you've opened the doors for this one. And I pray a bit of a dangerous prayer that I, uh, it's not a fun one, but it's a great one. I go, God, you have opened every door so far for this. You've opened this opportunity. If it is from you, lead me through it, protect me through it, hold me through it. But if it is not, close the door. You guessed it. <laughs> the next day, that door closed so brutally and it like closed in front of like all my friends and family. So it's like, <laughs> wasn't the best. Um, so. Overall, the whole master plan just went kaput. No good. Um, and I was heartbroken. I was, I was kind of left. I have no idea what I'm going to do next. No idea what direction I'm going. I, I don't know what I'm meant to do. Early in this scripture, we see Samuel mourning the breakdown of King Saul as he was meant to lead Israel. He said, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. Sorry, that's gross. Um, <laughs> this is why you don't play an emotional video before. It's all right, what a blessing, what a blessing. <laughs> Thank you, my best friends. Um, the plan Samuel knew the plan he knew, it failed. It didn't work out. And he was mourning, he was upset, he was sad. I, I, I've been there, we've been there. We've had plans fall through. And you, like, I hope you can relate to having plans fall through. But God's plan never fails. And he, we hear this all the time in, in church life, that God has a plan for your life. If you know it, say it with me, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And what I've come to learn with my one experience of, of planning 
Um, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm getting more experience. <laughs> but what I'm coming to learn is often we get so consumed with making plans. We get so consumed with having the whole picture lined out. We have all the steps, A, B, C, lined out. We get so zeroed in that often we don't give enough space for God to interrupt our plans. We don't give Him enough space to go, well, hold on, you're not meant to go this way. I was there about five months ago. God was like, you are going down a path I have not written for you. It's not where you're meant to go. And I just thank God. Thank God He has a plan that far exceeds my own. Thank God. And if you're here tonight and you found yourself holding the pieces of a plan that's broken and has failed, like Samuel, I know there's hurt. I was there. There's deep hurt. Can I just encourage you that God's plan is always good? Even when things didn't work out that, uh, the way you thought they would, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten you or that you haven't been called, but maybe God is just trying to redirect you to where you're supposed to be. My second chapter is my doubt was strong, but God proved me wrong. That was a bit of rhyming. That's the songwriter in me. Uh, Your description of the right person, uh, it may not be what God's is. It says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before me. Surely this is the man that God has chosen to lead Israel. But then the Lord humbled Samuel. Do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And sometimes... I, um, I reflect and I, I try to think of times when, when I've let moments pass because I thought someone else's just, that, that was their journey, not mine. That was their moment, not mine. How many times has God asked me to step out but I've gone, I've just convinced myself that I'm, that's not me. That's, no, 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 that's for them. You know, when I felt God calling me to Dunsborough, um, I was terrified. It, I had no desire to move to WA. Um, not that I don't like the region, I love the region, um, but Sydney's where it's at. The Shire, why would I want to leave? It's God's country. Um, don't quote me, take it out of the podcast. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> sorry, I hear that said all the time. Like, that's so, what, what an authority. Does it actually get taken out of the podcast? <laughs> It doesn't? Okay, well, it's pain in the podcast. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but when I felt God calling me to Dunsborough, I was, um, I was terrified. I, I, it didn't, I was like, why WA? Why not Berry? <laughs> like, That's, that's beautiful. Berry's stunning. Um, so I do... I did what my best friends love to do. Anytime Charlie mentioned boy topics, they're like, write a pros and cons list. So I wrote a pros and cons list. So here they are. This is very legit. It's not that articulate, so please excuse me. The cons are scary, lonely, no friends, no family, no Bella. Bella's my dog. I'm obsessed. She's my best friend. Um, that sounded a lot sadder than I intended it to be. <laughs> she, was, 
She's my best friend. I love her. I don't care. Um, and I kind of just went financials. What does that mean? Um, I don't. I'm not very... God, that's a really weird request. And here are my pros. Could be fun. <laughs> it could be fun. Like, I don't know. I haven't gone yet. It could be fun. <coughs> but God has spoken. God has spoken. And... And if this journey has taught me anything, it's to let God prove you wrong. When I felt the call of God starting, I started to make every, every excuse under the sun why I, it wasn't right, it wasn't for me. I'm not the best preacher. I haven't got everything together. I can't plan. Uh, I'm not the smartest. And then the comparison game came in and it got ugly. But then I'd look at these amazing youth leaders and I'm like, send them. They're phenomenal. Like they're actually phenomenal. But God has spoken. And God brought me back to the story of David. We look at him and, and we don't get much of a picture of David in this other than he's the youngest. He's tending to sheep. His family don't mention him by name. And he wasn't invited to the sacrificial feast with the rest of his family. Not much going on. But God chose him. And I often try to think about what was going through David's mind when he was summoned from his sheep, from his field. Did he feel inadequate? I wonder, was there fear to be compared or just to stand beside his glorious brothers? Did doubt plague his mind as he's like walking into this room? You may feel, you may have felt God ask you to step out or you may have felt God, maybe recently or a long time ago, God send you into something. But the overwhelming sense of fear, doubt, comparison has held you back. I just want to encourage you that you can list a hundred things why you're not the right one. You can list the, I'm like, my sister, she's better. She's, she's great with people. My brother, he's the best preacher I've ever heard. You can list a hundred reasons and they all may be valid. All of my, the reasons why I shouldn't have been called, the, all of the reasons why I'm not the right person, they're real. But when God calls you, don't write yourself off because you're judging what's going on on the outside because God is calling you for the exact reason for what's happening on the inside. Thank you, God. And my last chapter is I thought I missed out but God waited for me. The call from God will not rest until you respond. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There's still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. About five years ago, in my second year of youth leading, I had a few prophetic words that I would one day step into, um, uh, what I'm stepping into now. And I was so excited. I was like, when you're a fresh youth leader, you're like, yes, I'm never gonna work a full-time job and I'm gonna commit all my life to youth ministry. Send me God. <laughs> uh, that's, I exactly, that was me. I, it was me. Um, it was super exciting, but it was also really scary because, ooh. <laughs> Sorry, can you grab that, it's Jess? 
Um, <laughs> be blessed. <laughs> that could make me cry, Horizon Youth. Um, but I was super scared because this was Jackson's path. Jackson was the youth pastor. He was, he was the preacher. Like, like, I had no jealousy like that. He was just, that was him. My sister, she's the teacher. She's phenomenal. Well, she's, she's amazing with kids. Her partner is an amazing athlete. Thank God I'm not competing for that role. Um, <laughs> I watched him play soccer today and he scored twice for what I saw. Um, he was amazing. He was amazing. Um, and my mum, she's amazing facilitator and leader. I'm figuring it out. Um, but it was his path, not mine. And when time went on, God took me in another direction, which was worship. Thank God. Praise God, because it's exactly where I needed to go. And I believe that whatever I do, worship will always be my primary lean. But over the years, those youth leadership prophetic words, I kind of just thought I missed the boat. I kind of, that was a long time ago. Uh, like, I thought that maybe God moved on. I thought that maybe God was wrong. It's not me, it's, it's, not, it's other people, it's not me. I thought that maybe because of the mistakes I've made, the path I chose to take, the person I grew into, meant that I could no longer step into what God spoke over me so many years ago. And then I forgot about it. I just moved on. I accepted it and I was, I was cool with it. I was like, that's all right, I'm worship, that's fine. Um, and if a year, like a year ago you were to look me in the eye and tell me, you're gonna move across the country to lead a youth ministry, I would have had a good giggle in your face. Um, no, I'm not, but God has spoken. Um, and in fact, the moment that God dropped this into my heart, it kind of spread like wildfire. And if you've, just before I go on, if you feel like um, God has spoken to you, maybe it was a very long time ago, but you can't shake that undeniable sense that God has definitely called you to something, it sort of, for me, it, it was like, a, flat, like a, a little match to gasoline. And it just went woof. And it was intense and I couldn't shake it. it I, I couldn't deny it. It wasn't where I was supposed to go, but I couldn't deny that this was where God was taking me. And um, all of a sudden, it's like my spirit split in half. God had definitely spoken. He has definite, His Word was final. He said it and I couldn't deny it. But on the other half of me, the other half of my spirit, I started to wrestle with, I'm not called for this. This isn't mine. This isn't for me. There are far better people at this than me. There's no way I have what it takes. You're going to be all alone. You will have no family. Your friends are gone. Um, it all just started a flood and I was split in half. And so I'm wrestling with this and for about a week. And then I'm driving to work with my mum. It's about an hour and a half commute. And I come up with this brilliant plan. It was so clever. I was like, okay, I'm wrestling with this. I'm gonna tell my mum. She loves me so much. She's not gonna let me move across the country. <laughs> she, she's, there's no way. I'll tell her what I know. What do I know? God spoke to me, move to WA, start a youth ministry. 
Not much. That's not much to go off. So I'm sitting there and I'm formulating it and I'm like, that's great. Mum can use her motherly veto. That's my excuse. Get out of jail free card, wash my hands. I'm done with the dishes. Sorry, God, Mum said no. And then I'm done with it. And so I'm, I'm sitting next to Mum. Just imagine we're going through the harbour tunnel. And I go, Mum, she's like, yeah. So actually a lot nicer, yes. And I'm like, I feel like God's calling me to WA to start a youth ministry. And she's sitting there and she just pauses. And I'm like, oh, here it comes, here it comes, Mother Livito. Um, and I'm so excited because it's, it's heavy on my heart and I'm like, I just need this to be gone, I need the excuse. And she goes, fine, that's a great idea. Go, Cheryl. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't think you heard me. Um, God has called me to move to WA, so I used to do that, so I know. She's like, that's great. Uh, let's call Jackson and see what he thinks. So I'm like, all right, fine. Well, if my motherly veto is not going to work, Jackson, uh, Jackson's will. And so I called Jackson. What's going on? God's called me. Yes, no, no, no. He's like, great idea. <laughs> and then I'm kind of like, well, I guess I'm here now. Like, I'm just riding this wave. Um, but when God calls you, He waits for you to respond. Little did I know five years ago that it would be in 2023, God would ignite my heart and go now, right now, right now. No, 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 you're not waiting. It's not anymore. It's not just a prophetic word that you forgot about. Right now, right now. And it ignited my heart. Send for Him. We will not sit down until He arrives. I just want you to hear that. You may be a grandparent or you may be in primary school. When God calls you, send for Him. We will not sit down until He comes. He will not sit down until you respond. He will not rest. He's not moving on. We will not sit down until He comes. He hasn't forgotten the words He spoke over you. It doesn't matter what background you've come from, what mistakes you've made, what broken pieces you may have walked in with tonight. When God calls you to step out, He's waiting for you to respond. If I could grab the band up, that would be awesome. Um, in Matthew 14, 25, it says, Shortly before the dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw Him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's You, Peter replied, tell them, tell me to come to You on the water. Come, He said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind and the waves, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. If I could just get everyone to stand. You know, you may be here tonight and you felt God place on your heart to take a step of faith. 
just to step out. You see Jesus do the impossible in church. You see, you see other people being used, they're stepping out on water. And you know, and you feel like God's calling you to do the same. You felt the call in your heart. But it's intimidating. It's scary. And sometimes it can feel like God is calling us to step into the impossible. In this Scripture, we see Him do it. Jesus calls to Peter, come. And we see Peter doing the impossible with Jesus. And as soon as he sees the wind, the waves, the intimidation, the fear, the comparison, the doubt, he began to start to sink. You know, tonight, I just wanna quickly open up the altars just for anyone who has felt the call of God on their lives. And they felt like God's asking them just to take a step out. They, they feel like God is sort of waiting for you to respond. And you're like, mm, okay, 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 I'll step out. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm not good enough. This isn't for me. No, 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 it's for that person. God, everything's failed. Why are you caught? Like what is going on? And all of a sudden you start sinking. Tonight, I feel like God's going, He's just reaching out. Saying, why so little faith? Why did you doubt? So if that's you tonight, and you felt the, God, the call of God and you just need just to reach out to Jesus and take hold of the hope, the security, the foundation that He is, then the altar's open. I'd love, I'd love to come pray, pray with you. Thank you, team. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.